0: Welcome listeners to Baby Brain, PPSM's podcast channel. I'm Samantha Hugelay, your host, and with me tonight is Memma Fant. She's an assistant professor and licensed clinical social worker specializing in perinatal mental health and has a research focus in culturally responsive mental health practice. She has a private practice in Egan, Minnesota called Hatch Life. Welcome, Memma. Thank you for having me. Can you share with us a little bit about what brought you to perinatal mental health work and subsequently PPSM?
1: When I was pregnant with my first daughter, I sought therapy to prepare for this big life transition I was about to embark on. As a recent graduate from my MSW clinical program, it was encouraged for us to seek counseling ourselves if we wanted to spend a career in counseling other people. So I thought, what better time than now to go to a therapist and see what it was all about. I had the opportunity to work with a woman who specifically worked with perinatal women. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. Um, and it was a very positive experience for me. So when I had my daughter, she was healthy. In 2013, I got pregnant again and experienced a miscarriage. And through that grief, I decided to pursue the maternal mental health certificate through 2020 mom and PSI. And that really was what got me started on this journey. And then when I moved to Minnesota in 2014, I got connected with PPSM and was a volunteer and
0: have been ever since. Can you describe some of the perinatal mental health disparities that you've witnessed in your work, both professionally, and I know that you also do some advocacy work, if you could maybe touch on that as well?
1: The perinatal mental
0: health disparities
1: that I have both witnessed and researched really comes down to two things, stigma and access. Stigma because there are very strong beliefs about mental illness and seeking mental health services in various communities. And in my research, I primarily focused on Black and African-American women. And I guess in light of Black History Month, it's pretty timely that this information is being discussed today here on your podcast. So thank you for inviting me but i do think that there is a energy and time right now that's really examining the cultural nuances around strength and mental health and there's a shift that's happening you know almost like an evolving that's happening around that stigma and it's been really nice to see because historically this has definitely been a barrier these ideas and notions of strength or around just you know folks don't go to therapy, you know, we work it out in different ways. And I think a lot of those things are still accessible to us. And when I say other ways, you know, we think about spirituality, community, family, but also having this specialization and being a woman of color myself, I think has really opened these doors in a lot of ways, at least to the women that I serve. And then when it comes to the other disparity of just access, you know, there still are very many barriers that contribute to perinatal mental health disparities and through access I think of anything from you know having insurance, transportation, a therapist who's available during the hours that you need to be seen and then also you know again having the option to see a woman of color if that is your preference and again we're seeing things shifting and changing but I would say the biggest disparities that I have come to find have been around stigma and access
0: services. So we're in the middle of this pandemic and the way that we've provided mental health care has certainly changed in the last 12 months. Do you think that there's been any change to the stigma or change to access of care given that now there's a buffer of a computer screen?
1: Yes, I would say most definitely. A lot of my clients that I see, I see people just 100% Online, But a lot of my clients are actually first timers. who have never sought out therapy before. And when we explore that a little bit, a few things have come up. The access in being able to see a therapist online, and then also just being connected to various initiatives on social media, you know, in the public around mental health and the benefits of it you know, folks who are speaking out, who are representative of these communities who are saying it's okay, it's a great thing to do, it's a healthy thing to do, I think has definitely shifted the culture around mental illness and then getting help for it.
0: I myself have noticed a change in the pulse of social media where there's a new beat to people taking care of themselves, prioritizing self-care so that they can do all of those things that they are supposed to be giving 110% to like parenting and work and all of the other things that they have going on in their home. So I'm glad to hear that that is more common, that people are reaching out and making those first-time connections to see a therapist. In addition to access issues for mental health care, it's crucial that we pay attention to the medical complications that can result during pregnancy and postpartum as well. It's my understanding that women of color are at higher risk for these types of complications and even mortality. Can you speak more to that?
1: So research does confirm that Black women are three to four more times likely to die in childbirth than their white counterparts. It's going to be really important for women to find a provider that they trust. Their health is of the utmost importance, especially during the perinatal period, because we also know that chronic stress can cause adverse outcomes physically for Black women. And there are notions around how chronic stress can come through forms of prolonged discrimination and oppression. When we think about it from a mental health perspective, Black women are less likely to seek out mental health care, even though they experience depression during the perinatal period, anxiety at higher rates. I would really advocate and promote that Black women are seeking help. They're speaking to what they're experiencing and getting the support that they deserve and need.
0: What would you like to see change to improve access and usage of mental health services? And since we're on the topic of it being Black History Month, what do you think for the African-American population to increase usage and access to care?
1: Great question. I would like to see more opportunities for younger clinicians of color to gain access to advanced training and supervision. I think there's always going to be a need for that. And with increasing the number of clinicians of color who are serving people, I think that just continues to widen the option for folks who are seeking a culturally specific provider and supporting them in doing so. I'd also like to continue to see initiatives that are allowing space for people to talk about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and to include more representation in those narratives. So when we can expand that narrative so people can connect with folks who look like them who sound like them i think that always helps to address the stigma in that way and it can help both normalize and deconstruct the the stigma
0: i know that you've been a strong advocate to support women of color in their work as therapists can you tell us a little bit about some of your initiatives
1: i feel like there's definitely more to be done But yes, I have worked alongside some really brilliant folks, especially those who have developed the Minnesota Mental Health Providers of Color group and directory. At least locally here, I've noticed that there has been just an influx of folks who are getting on that directory, as well as participating in the group. And through that group, I was able to partner with the Prairie Care Institute downtown and secured a space for monthly meetings And all of that was set to go in January of 2020. And then the pandemic happened. So we weren't able to really see that through. We did have a couple of meetings before March and things started to shut down. And it's been nice though, to see that others have taken the reins and now offer this same type of consultation format for Minnesota mental health providers of color online through through the groups online. So that's been really nice to see. And I still do hope to be able to create a physical space for us to connect and consult when it is safe to do so. So I'm keeping that hope alive for sure. Training and education is also really near and dear to me. And so I have also had the great pleasure of supervising women of color as they are going through their licensure process in social work to go from the graduate level to the independent clinical social work level and incorporating just a culturally responsive approach being able to speak to the cultural nuances and things like that uh, have been really helpful in, in my work and being able to advocate on that level. And then finally, through my research, I've conducted a study on perinatal mood and anxiety disorder among black women. And I've had the opportunity to present my work at professional conferences, both nationally and internationally. And the reception has been really great and it has motivated me to continue to do my research and scholarship in that area with hopes to, you know, publish someday.
0: And I personally am very excited to continue to work side by side with you through education and research and look forward to having the uh, group up and running. And I know that that Prairie Care space is absolutely beautiful. So it's such a bummer that you weren't yes. able to get that started before the pandemic hit, but have a uh, I bet that that's something that everyone in the group is looking forward to returning. Is it something you're doing online and virtually right now?
1: Yes. So I am not in the lead for that. Again, there've been some great folks who really took the reins in that way. The reception has been also really nice. I've had the opportunity to participate as well in, in some of the monthly meetings. The energy around it is still pretty strong. And so I'm glad that there is still an outlet for that.
0: Are there any words that you would like to leave with our listeners, particularly if there's somebody that may feel the cultural barrier is a reason that they haven't yet reached out for help or care? Any words that you would like to leave with them to maybe encourage that?
1: I would love to say that there are wonderful resources available to access help. We're in a time right now where there is a plethora of different venues and ways that you can receive help from people who either look like you or at least specialize in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders to give you the support that you need. And postpartum support, Minnesota, as well as PSI are great places to start when it comes to accessing the directory and connecting with folks who can then connect you with providers. I also know for a fact that a lot of my clients have found me through the Therapy for Black Girls podcast directory, kind of a mouthful. But that's where you can find Black-identified female therapists who are in your local area. And if that is a preference for you, it's just great that we have these options these days. And then there's a whole lot of communities online that, again, don't replicate or, you know, replace therapy, but can also be just supportive spaces to connect with other people who maybe are going through something similar and um, and get you started on, on your journey of healing.
0: Thank you so much for your time.
1: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.
0: For more information on Dr. Fant's clinical practice, her research, and for a list of the resources which she named today, please visit the description under this podcast.